You were supposed to be married by now. You were supposed to be retired by now. You were supposed to have 2.5 kids by now. You were supposed to be debt free by now. You were supposed to, you were supposed to, you were supposed to. Today's episode of scripture is from Proverbs 16 and 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Girl, let me tell you how I thought 30 was supposed to be this magical number where life suddenly clicked and made sense. Let's collectively laugh because that's not how life works at all, at least not mine. I was supposed to be this international business owner traveling across the world whenever I felt like it, not having a husband or any children because I didn't think that's the life I wanted. And I was supposed to have all these degrees, all these properties, and... That is not how my life looks, and I'm actually pretty happy with that. Reality has checked me multiple times, and I am forever grateful. (laughs) So in today's episode, I'm going to help you ditch some of those supposed to so you can create your own narrative and find joy in the journey. Those supposed to's are like that one ex that was so hard to get rid of. You know the one. They probably popped into your brain as soon as I said that. You know, in the beginning, you thought everything was great, all roses, butterflies, and rainbows, and you couldn't imagine your life without this person because everything in the beginning was so quote-unquote great. And the red flags that should have been red flags in the beginning started to burn brightly, and you decided that, okay, you gotta go because you are holding up the line, you're holding up my blessings, you're holding up, you know, just life in general. And that's how I look at the supposed to's because oftentimes in the back of our mind, when we are not where we think we're supposed to be, the supposed to's come out. You know, you were supposed to be married by now. You know, you were supposed to be retired by now. You were supposed to have 2.5 kids by now. You were supposed to be debt free by now. You were supposed to, you were supposed to, you were supposed to. You know, I've struggled with this for a very long time because, like I said in the beginning, I was supposed to have a lot. Um, I was someone who was considered an overachiever because everything that I set my mind on or set my mind to, I accomplished it without any problem. But then (laughs) adulthood and God humbled the mess out of me and told me to sit my behind down because what I wanted wasn't no good for me anyway. And the timeline that I was giving myself was causing more harm than good, not considering that I still had other things that needed to be addressed before I reached my overall goals. And when I say that there were things that needed to be addressed first, it was like the trauma, it was the abandonment, it was feeling like I couldn't depend on anyone else. So I was just going hard in the paint because I didn't want anybody to say, well, you wouldn't be able to do this or you wouldn't be able to have this if it wasn't for me. And a lot of that was a holdup. And then also, you know, I was comparing my journey to a lot of people not realizing that they didn't even go through half the stuff that I went through. And then also I had no definitive proof that what they were doing or what their life looked like was the result from God blessing them. You know, oftentimes we look at people on the outside looking in and be like, oh my gosh, I wish I had this. Oh my gosh, God, can I have this too? Not realizing you asking for curses that you didn't even know that they are dealing with. For example, you know, I used to be someone who was all about chasing the bag. Someone who was like, you know what? I want to have X amount of dollars sitting in my bank account because it just looks great. And I want to have this amount of money sitting in my brokerage account because it just looks great. Um, but, you know, this person has it. Why can't I have it? Why haven't I gotten to this point yet? And not realizing that this person 
ran themselves into the ground every single day until their health started declining, until they lost their spouse, until their kids stopped talking to them. And it was like, at that moment, I realized, first off, comparison is a thief of joy. So we need to always be in remembrance of that. But also, you have to be careful what you're asking for because you don't know what it fully comes with at the time that you're asking for it. So after God and life humbled me, I decided to embrace the beautiful chaotic mess called life and decided to go the slower route because although it was slower, the progress was going to be a lot faster and a lot more sustainable because I wasn't building or I wasn't accomplishing goals on a foundation that was not stable. If you don't get anything else from today's episode, I want you to understand this. Ditching the milestones or the supposed tos is going to provide you with such a level of freedom that you probably have never experienced before because now you're cultivating a journey and a path that actually makes sense for who you are and who you're meant to become. We're no longer chasing these vanity milestones. We are actually being intentional about designing our life and where we want to be, what we want to do, and what we want to accomplish. So my question to you is, which supposed to of yours is holding you back and preventing you from embracing your unique journey? Let me know in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast version, go ahead and send me a DM or an email. I love hearing the feedback and the responses from the questions. I read them all, okay? Now for me and the women that I work with, I am someone who is all about crafting and building a financial plan and a life plan that suits you. Not Instagram, not TikTok, not the vanity metrics, just you, you in mind, and that's it. Because I realize that a lot of the women who come to me, they are burning themselves out on milestones and goals that don't even suit who they are or the lifestyle that they're trying to live or you know the purpose that they're trying to fulfill. And it's like, okay, that's counterproductive. Let's let's figure out how we can do this the right way so that you can actually enjoy this journey. You can actually get what you're supposed to get from this journey, not just the monetary value. And let's go from there because there's only one you. There's a purpose that you have. There's a goal that you're trying to fulfill and trying to do everything like everybody else. It's just you copy and pasting somebody's life into yours. The last thing I want you to do is look up in 5, 10, 15 years and realize, oh my gosh, I hate my life. I accomplished things that I did not care about. What am I supposed to do now? And depending on how old you are, you may have already gotten to that phase. And I want to help you get out of it because it sucks for a very, very long time. I was operating based off of other people's milestones and expectations and supposed tos and not realizing why I was so freaking miserable. I'm miserable because I'm living somebody else's life. <laughs> One of the first practical things that you can do as soon as this episode is over is go through your budget and audit some things, right? You have to create a personalized budget that actually makes sense. I know that there's a million and five ways that you can do a budget, but let me tell you a simplified way that I tell people how to create theirs. Number one is create categories for your expenses and your goals. So the basic categories I give people are their mandatory expenses, their savings and investing, the extra debt repayment, fun, and any charitable contribution or tithing that they're going to be doing. I don't give people any percentages of what to put in these buckets because everyone's financial circumstances are different. I just want you to create a bucket 
for everything that you spend money on so that you can figure out how to tailor it best for your need. If you're someone who says, you know what, a mandatory expense of mine is getting a massage once a month or I'm going to lose my mind, add that to the mandatory expense pot. If you're someone who says traveling is fun for me, add that to your fun pot. You just need to make sure that whatever you're spending money on actually makes sense for you and what you're trying to accomplish. If you realize you're spending a lot of money on things that you don't even use anymore, then you might want to take an additional audit of why did you purchase these things? Was it because you're on TikTok a lot and you see the TikTok shop and it's just easy to purchase from there? First off, I think TikTok shop is the worst idea ever. Anyway, um, is it because your favorite influencers on Instagram or YouTube are always doing an unboxing and their house looks so aesthetically pleasing and you think that you have to have these things too? Like, what are these things that you're buying and why? Do a multi-part audit. What is it that you want to be spending on? What is absolutely necessary for you? If you see that you have additional expenses that just don't make sense, figure out why you've been purchasing these things. Are you realizing that you might need to go to therapy because you have a spending problem that is triggered by emotional responses that you're having? Like do the audit. The budget and the buckets that you create need to be able to align with your dreams, your goals, your purpose, and your passions. So if you go through your expenses and realize, man, I've been spending a lot of money on foolishness, I want you to ask yourself, why have you been spending money on these things? Like, what was the trigger? I want you to ask yourselves these questions so that way when you are cultivating a journey and a path for you, you are on your P's and Q's and things actually align with what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to become. And as a woman who believes in God and, you know, started getting closer with him this year, I am someone who has been aggressively blending faith into not only my finances, but my life as well, because I want everything that I do to have God attached to it. And if you are someone who has been trying to get closer to God for yourself, you know, you've been church hurt, you don't have your own personal relationship with God or Jesus, and you're just like, where is a good starting point? Well, a good starting point is your financial journey. That's what happened for me. (laughs) Money for me is spiritual. It's biblical. There are over 2,300 verses in the Bible that discuss finances. And it's only fitting, at least in my eyes, that whenever you are dealing with your finances, you do so in a way that is biblical. So that way you stay on track. You align your journey with God's plan for your life. And you can minimize a lot of the unnecessary mental breakdowns and heartache that can come on this journey. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're younger than me. I don't care if you're older than me. All of this can apply to where you are in life right now. There have been a lot of women in their 40s that I've worked with and they're like, oh my gosh, you seem like you have it all together. Ma'am, don't do that. You're putting me on a pedestal that I did not ask to be on. I do not have it all together. I'm still figuring things out every single day. I think the only reason right now that I'm able to help people no matter what stage of life they're on is because... Life has given me a lot to deal with and work through (laughs) from a very young age. And I know that I can sometimes present that I'm older and present that I just have things figured out when a lot of times it's just been experience, life knocking me on by behind. And instead of me staying down, I decided to do something about it and keep moving. Do not discredit where you are. And in fact, I'm going to go as far to say is you are where you're supposed to be based off of your unique journey. There is no more, oh, I was supposed to be here. Well, you're not. 
So you're where you're supposed to be right now. You have the current mindset that's needed to move forward. You have the current resources and knowledge and experiences that you need to move forward in a way that's going to be most impactful and beneficial for you. You've encountered resources along the way of you quote unquote failing to now being at a point where you have all of this information at your disposal that can accelerate your path in a more beneficial way instead of what you thought that you needed to do in the first place. I want to take this time out to let you know that you are okay. I'm going to keep saying it. You are where you're supposed to be based off of who you are right now. You can't keep trying to compare yourself to people on the internet. What you see on the internet a lot of times ain't real, girl. It ain't. A lot of people are parading a shell of themselves. That's why when you craft a financial journey that makes sense for who you are and who you want to accomplish, what other people have seemingly doesn't even matter anymore because you have created a journey that only you can walk down. I used an example, I think in a previous episode where I was following somebody else's blueprint for business for a while and wondering why it wasn't working for me. And the reason why it wasn't working for me was that path was not intended for me in the first place. So I want to kind of give you that same perspective. The reason why somebody else's path and other milestones aren't working for you is because they weren't meant for you to go down or utilize or apply to your life anyway. And the more you blend faith and everyday life, with your finances, the easier it'll be for you, in my personal opinion, to actually have a meaningful financial and life path. Because now somebody will tell you, oh, well, I think you're supposed to be here by now. No, based off the plan that I have for my life and based off of you know integrating Jesus and integrating my everyday life into what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But thank you for your opinion. Now, I went off on a tangent a little bit, but after you've created your buckets for your budget, you've come up with a game plan to integrate faith in your everyday life into your financial journey. Now, I want to tell you how you can set realistic goals for yourself and celebrate every win, no matter how big or small, because too many of us do not celebrate our wins. I know I'm guilty of it. I know I feel so uncomfortable when someone talks to me about my accomplishments because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, okay? Yes, I accomplished X, Y, and Z, but can we keep it moving, please? (laughs) But I want to tell you how you can create those realistic goals and then also set yourself up in a way that you can make room for celebrating yourself and your wins. I started working on this myself and I'm not going to lie, I'm still very uncomfortable with self-praise or just letting people acknowledge the things that I've done, but... It's healthy and it needs to be done. So one of my favorite acronyms is a SMART acronym, but I made a little tweak to it. So it used to be, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. But because of this unique path and approach that I've taken with helping women get their finances together, I added another R. So it's specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, relevant, and timely. So in case you have not picked up on the theme of this episode, whatever you're trying to accomplish for yourself needs to be relevant to who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, and the purpose you're trying to fulfill. We don't want to continue walking down a path that somebody else is and then getting frustrated that things aren't working. It's not working because none of this is relevant to you or none of that was relevant to you. So I always tell people that when you create a list of, let's say, three to five goals, I want you to run every goal through the SMART acronym? Is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Is it realistic, 
relevant, and timely based on your current financial circumstances. So I'll give you an example of how you can run a goal through the SMART acronym, right? So this one is an, an example I use all the time because it's just so simple. But let's say starting January 1st, you have this goal to save $10,000 by December 31st, 2024, okay? Well, that is a very specific goal. I wanna save $10,000 by the end of 2024 because I want to go on a vacation or I wanna have a certain amount liquid for an emergency. That's very specific. Now, is it measurable? We know that in order to save $10,000 over the year, it's going to require us to save on average $833.33 a month, right? Now, is it attainable? On paper, it can be, but again, it's based off of your circumstances. Is it realistic? Let's see. Well, after you pay all of your bills and have money stashed away for like a regular savings account or a rainy day fund, or you know, you've allocated your funds how you've allocated it, that you, let's say, have $400 left over. Well, based on that example, you only have $400 left over. So no, it's not realistic. Is it relevant? Well, because you wanna have a certain amount of money stashed away by the end of the year because you wanna make sure that you have an emergency fund, I would say yes, it's relevant. And is it timely? Well, because you only have $400 left over after paying all of your bills and allocating your funds, you only have $400. Well, it's not timely because you're not going to be able to meet your deadline. If any part of that acronym is no, your answer to, is it a SMART goal, is no. But the good thing about it is no doesn't stay no forever. If you run your goals through the SMART acronym and you get a no, what is it that we can do to make it a yes? Well, in this particular case, the easiest thing we might be able to do is increase our timeline. Instead of maybe being the end of 2024, maybe the end of 2025. Maybe we can find a way to increase our income one way or the other. Or maybe we can find a way to decrease our expenses or a combination of the three things, right? Being able to run your goals through the SMART acronym will not only put things into perspective for you, but allow you to start creating a plan to reach your goals. Now, obviously, if you run all your goals through the SMART acronym and every single part of the acronym is yes, then yes is a SMART goal. You don't have to really do much of anything else except for create the actual plan. Once you have the plan for these now SMART goals, then we have to incorporate a way for us to celebrate our wins. Now, celebrating your wins doesn't have to be like this whole elaborate thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, this whole social media extravaganza. It could just be, you know what? I'm proud of myself. I saved $833 this month. Last year, I could have never fathomed saving that much money in one single month, right? It could just be acknowledging it and sitting in that accomplishment for a little bit feeling the accomplishment. You might feel a little uncomfortable, like I said, if you're not used to being able to celebrate yourself, but just being able to sit in it like, dang, man, I actually accomplished this. No one has ever talked to me about creating a savings plan growing up, but look at me, I did it. It might sound cheesy, but the impact that it has on your mental health, on your faith, and on your life is huge. You may not see it in the moment, but it snowballs and can create an avalanche of blessings and an avalanche of change in your life that you needed. You can also let people know, hey, this is the goal that I'm working on right now. And they can be like, you know what? That sounds like a great goal. I want to join in on you too, but for my own specific goals, obviously. And let's share every time we reach our goals and we can celebrate each other. 
That's also a reason why having a community is very important. Now, I'm still building my own personal community, my daggone self, but for the people who are in it right now, we're able to celebrate our wins no matter how big or how small together. And one other thing I wanna mention before I get to the next segment of this episode is I want you to be very mindful about how often you are comparing yourself to other people because you can do something in your life that has an astronomical meaning and impact later on down the line for you, but all that can be diminished just by comparing yourself to somebody else. Yes, you saved $833 this month, but you can be like, oh my gosh, the person that I follow on Instagram who's also on a financial journey too said that that she saved $2,000 this month. I wish I could get to that point. And automatically you diminish what you have accomplished for yourself based off your goals, your timeline, your purpose, and what you are trying to accomplish. So be very mindful about comparing yourself. If you need to mute some people for a while until you can get settled in your own journey, do that. No hard feelings. And if somebody says, hey, I don't see you coming across my feed like that anymore. I don't know, are you mad at me? Just let them know, hey, I am not in a space where I can see other people's successes right now without comparing myself to them. So I need to hush out all the noise and put my blinders on for right now. But it's all love, we can still kick it. I have no ill feelings towards you whatsoever. I just know that because my journey is so new to me, I need to make sure that I protect myself and protect my journey as much as I possibly can because it's unique to me and I need to make sure that I don't let anything knock me off this path that I'm on. Have you ever felt like you were just stuck in a daily grind, just working to pay the bills? I've been there juggling work, family, financial dreams, and it just kind of feels like you are on this never ending cycle with nothing to show for it, right? But you know what? There's way more to life than just working to pay the bills. I found a way to secure financial stability and Live a life that is purposeful and full of joy. With the Wellsites Here Accelerator, I've helped women just like us find healing and balance through finance so they can maximize their impact at home and for themselves by integrating faith and everyday life into their financial journey. My approach within the Wellsites Here Accelerator is unique. It prioritizes you. It prioritizes your life, your goals, securing a prosperous future, all while getting closer to God. No boring spreadsheets or blanket statement advice. Just real talk tailored to your needs. Just imagine healing your money mindset, boosting your confidence, and effortlessly balancing your dreams and your responsibilities. Picture a life where you set the rules and foster incredible relationships between your family, your friends, yourself, your finances, and of course, God. My mission is clear. I just want to enable women to seize control, find balance, and create an extraordinary life. Your journey to personal and financial transformation happens over a 10-week period where you get digestible content and easy-to-complete tasks on a weekly basis, and of course, live group coaching sessions that happen on the first and third Tuesday of every month. You'll get access to my 14 years experience in the finance industry, plus my holistic approach, all wrapped into my 10-step dime method. If you're ready to learn more and book an application call, click the link in the description box or in the show notes to take your first step to financial freedom and fulfillment. Now, clearly, life is not perfect, neither is your financial journey, and that is okay, and I need you to be okay with that. There will be times that even though you've defined your journey, you've carved out this path that you're on, you will have setbacks. It does not matter, it does not matter. You will have setbacks based off of just life. And we need to get into the habit of just embracing life's beautiful chaoticness as much as we possibly can, because there's always a lesson in the stresses that we are dealing with. Heck, I'll give you a real life example. This week, I thought that, you know, we finally got to a situation where 
the kid was good. We didn't have to worry about anything extra. But as soon as I had that feeling, the rug was swept up from underneath us very quickly in a matter of two days. I was annoyed. I was stressed. I had extra things being added onto my plate. But once I prayed with my friend, I spoke to my husband about the stress. I felt the emotion. I acknowledged it. And then I created a game plan for, okay, what's next? What we got to do? Because although it was an annoyance that I had to deal with, there was a lesson in that rug pull. And for me, that lesson simply was just all about communication and not letting my fear of asking people for assistance when it comes to her particular situation get in the way. It's all about opening your mouths because closed mouths don't get fed, right? If I didn't send a note to her school to have somebody call me, I would not have gotten a phone call because although I called, let's say, this person that I needed to reach out to, they let me know that if it wasn't for this note, they would have never been able to reach out to me because even though I called them, their phone is on a completely different side of the building that they don't have access to. So it's all about <laughs> it's all about figuring out a game plan to make things work for you after you've had multiple setbacks. If it wasn't for the fact that I did something seemingly small, like send the kid to school with a note to give to this person to call me, things would have been looking a lot different today, right? And I just want you to acknowledge that, look, Stuff happens and it's okay. Acknowledge it, feel it, figure out why you feel this way and then figure out also what your next steps are because you can't sit in it forever. Don't say, oh, I've had such a setback or this set me back so far, I might as well give up. Girl, no, no, because why? It, all it's gonna do is leave you in the same space that you were beforehand. It sucks, it's gonna suck. It's gonna cause you to feel disappointment. And I want you to get used to sitting in that disappointment and acknowledging it and figuring out why it has affected you this way. And then once you've done all that, let's come up with a game plan to make a comeback from that setback. Because like I said, there is a lesson in every stress that you have to deal with. Then because I know a lot of you are boss babes, you are climbing the corporate ladder, but you're also balancing your family life and you're also balancing self-care and, you know, just your financial journey in life overall. I want you to figure out what balance looks like for you. There are so many people on this internet who will talk about balance is impossible. And I like to challenge that with, if you think balance is impossible, that means that there's something that you are holding in higher regard than everything else. Define what balance looks like for you. I'll tell you what it looks like for me. So at the core, why I do what I do is all about my family, okay? Nothing that I do will ever take away from my family. It will take away from the curses that I'm trying to break, will take away from the life that I want everybody to live. It won't take away from family time. So for me, balance starts at my core, which is, again, my family. So when we have business, when we have travel, when we have outside family and outside friends, when we have all the other components that make up what our life looks like, everything needs to be able to attach to my core in a way that makes sense for what I want that core to look like and operate as. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be seasons where the balance shifts a little bit, but overall, the balance would stay the same. If you wanna figure out how to structure what balance looks like for you in your life, you can use what I'd use. I literally just make a circle <laughs> in the middle and and the middle, it's labeled core. Then you have lines coming out 
with other circles attached to it. And those will serve as the other aspects of your life that allow you to have that balance. This will give you a visual representation of what you want your life to look like and revolve around. This can be your family. This can start with your faith. This can start with yourself. Whatever balance looks like for you. Now, I know with me, I lump in family, myself mostly, and faith in that core circle because to me, all of that is biblical and all of that is related. My goal is that nothing I do will ever take away from that core and it will allow me to balance out my life in the way that I deem is necessary and that I deem is balanced. It doesn't matter what other people think balance looks like. It's what does it look like for you? And how can you maintain it in a way that doesn't cause you to lose your sanity? Once I started looking at it this way and using this method, I realized that other areas of my life I was able to restructure in a way that was more efficient, that actually worked more for my core instead of against it. So when you actually have this core and you define what balance looks like for you, then now you get to start restructuring the other aspects of your life so that everything is working together for our good and not competing against each other. Because there's a lot of areas in our lives that are competing. So long story short, pretty much the balance that you create for your life needs to make sure that there's not a single area in your life that is competing constantly. And that's the key word. Again, you will have seasons where things look a lot different than what you planned for it to be. But most of the time, everything is balanced and working with each other and not against each other. And once you've structured your life in a way that every aspect of your life is working together instead of against each other constantly, you now have the foundation of the art and finding joy in the journey, even when life feels like a roller coaster ride that you did not sign up for. You start to look at setbacks like, dang, this is inconvenient, but you know what? It's gonna teach me something. And there's a purpose for why I'm dealing with this right now. Your outlook on things start to change. You start to look at life and everything that comes with it through a different lens. Yes, you're still gonna deal with stress, but how you will let it affect you will be a lot different than your norm, at least in my experience. And I believe if you actually take the steps in this episode and carve out your own path and what balance looks like for you, you will experience the same thing. Things that used to bother you won't bother you as much anymore. When things start looking grim, you're able to look back on your life and be like, well, everything else worked out. Why wouldn't this work out? Like that is the mindset that I have right now. And this is a completely different person than who I was last year, okay? (laughs) So I'm telling you, this stuff really works. Your mindset shifts. You know, your faith in God shifts. You have more confidence leaning on him than leaning on yourself and everybody else around you. The supposed tos don't matter anymore. In fact, you'll probably think that they were silly to begin with. It's time to fully embrace what a journey looks like for you and ditch the supposed to's because it does not help. Ditch the timelines, ditch the comparison, ditch everything that does not serve you because as soon as you carve out a path that's unique to you and your goals, your life is going to drastically change for the better. I want you to remember Proverbs 16 and nine when it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their step. From my experience and from what I'm witnessing, when you shatter the supposed to's and carve out a path, that's balanced based off of your needs, you are going to be aligning your steps, aligning your journey with God's plans for your life. And just knowing that, for me at least, minimizes the amount of stress that I actually experience. 
Because like I said, everything's worked out for my good so far. Why would it stop now? Now, in today's episode, we talked about shattering the supposed twos, crafting a personalized money blueprint that incorporates life and faith, and talked about embracing the beautiful chaos we know as life. If you are someone who has supposed tos that are holding you back, make sure you implement the tips from this episode, but also check out the Wealth Starts Here Accelerator. That is going to be a space specific to women who are trying to craft a financial blueprint that makes sense for their life, their purpose, and their goal. Remember, you're not too late, you're not behind, you're right where you're supposed to be based off of who you are and what your purpose is. Keep shining, keep growing, and keep embracing every twist and turn that comes your way. Until next time, I'll talk to you later, girl. Bye.